I'm Julie. And I'm Erica. And this is the Unshaken Book Chat. And we are so glad that you're joining us for episode two. Um, They're only about 20 minutes long. And they're mini episodes that drop right along with our regular Unshaken podcast. I'm so glad that my friend Erica is joining me again because she's got lots of great wisdom and it's awesome to have her. These episodes are just going to drop in the months of June and July of 2021. And so you are going to want to stay tuned each week as we talk about this book. Well, thank you, Julie, for having me. It's great to be here with you. And just want to say, be sure to subscribe to the Unshaken podcast on your favorite directory so that you can get notified of when these drop and regularly scheduled episodes will also go with them each Thursday. So this main season, season four already, focuses on living out your faith in real life. And this book is a great practical help. This week, we're on chapter two, which is called Forgiving Others. Julie, what's the summary of this chapter? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, Can I just say before I do this that this book already has a lot in it. It's like this little, I don't know, 100-page book, Mm -hmm. and I think it slaps me in the face every single time (laughs) that I read it. So, Okay, so last week we learned about bitterness, and we learned that bitterness remembers. Mm -hmm. Like if you had a title, that bitterness always remembers and keeps track of things, right? And so I think the take-home for me anyway, was kind of be forgetful when it comes to hurts and forgive quick, like deal with it right away Hmm. because that's where the root gets in. And this week, um, as we walk through this chapter, we learned that unforgiveness keeps score. Unforgiveness keeps that record of wrongs and then it keeps reviewing them. Um, I guess I'd say an unforgiving person might as well make like a PowerPoint slideshow and then they could just (laughs) review it, right? I am definitely looking forward to this discussion about chapter two because I actually think this is one of those things our culture approves, Mm. that it's okay to be hurt and it's okay to keep a hold of those hurts. And I also say that I think bitterness and forgiveness are kind of like brother-sister sins, like Mm. they go along with each other. And um, I think it's important that we talk about them because they actually are different sins from each other. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, so Erica, let's talk a little bit at the beginning about times in our lives where someone's committed a sin against us and um, we actually had to process forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So I remember one that was actually a little bit humorous to mm-hmm. me, um, but it was good. One is when I was doing a backyard Bible club in my house, um, we had put in some new grass and the kids were sitting on the grass and... I think this girl was probably fifth grade, sixth grade, and I had made a comment as the leader of the Backyard Bible Club to not pull the grass because we had just started it, and I just thought, there's no reason. We don't need to pull on the grass, and the kids were like pulling it and throwing it in the air, and so the kids stopped, and um, everything was fine. Backyard Bible Club rolled five, ten years later. This girl comes to me at church one Sunday and apologizes to me for pulling that grass, and she said she continued to do it. Um, each day at Bible club after that happened, which kind of surprised me. Hmm. First off, I had kind of forgotten about it. Honestly, I was not offended. But what was interesting is she wanted to come and fix it because it hurt her heart. Hmm. And I I thought that was a really good thing. I easily was able to forgive her. I actually had forgotten about Hmm. it. But I thought that was really good on her end to process that her heart was soft, needed to be soft, and she knew it. And it had bothered her and Mm -hmm. she had to fix it. So how about you, Erica? Do you have any situations where someone sinned against you? Maybe, maybe it was repeatedly and then ask for your forgiveness. Um, yes, I, I can. And I think, um, I mean, I'm thinking of a situation where I've had to forgive repeatedly and this is incredibly challenging. And each time I was afraid that I would not be able to, Mm -hmm. um, but praying about it, 
God always showed me ways to love um, without compromising the truth. And it was often just in the time I needed it. In fact, there was one recently where I was very much struggling in the situation and I happened to be doing a Bible study at the time um, on Esther. And it was just so in my face about Mm. forgiveness. And it was so timely and I knew it was exactly the path I needed to take to forgiveness. And so it was just a matter of me obeying and trusting God that he will give me that when I needed it. And, um, and he's faithful and he does. So I think it's a step of faith again. I won't say it's easy, um, but that we can trust the Lord with that. And he is so faithful. Yeah. That's interesting. That one little side note about how you were in a Bible study that was not on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You were studying a book that isn't actually have a theme of forgiveness in it. I mean, it has many other great themes, but how interesting that God speaks to us in I love that you knew it. Yeah. You knew that God was talking to you. Yeah. And and I I mean, that's just an illustration of how God speaks through his word to us. It's living and active. So yeah. Um, But this reminds me, these lines of questions, and there's a reference to the verse Luke 17, 3 and 4, which reads, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. Mm -hmm. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Mm. Wow. That's a verse. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the the key is repentance. If the person is broken and repenting and asking for forgiveness, we cannot withhold it. So I'm moving along in the chapter. Then he goes on to talk about the parable of the unforgiving debt debtor. And teaches us about um, conditional versus unconditional forgiveness. So you have a man who is um, has a debt to his master, which yeah. is more than he could ever pay, and the master forgives him of the debt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember the, this one. Yeah, in the very next breath, he turns around to a man that right. is a debtor to him, and he is completely un forgiving yep. and he wants to collect on it and you know you can read the parable but um and that's a good idea to read that parable yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but um i i think of this in our real lives that um it's one area where we want forgiveness for ourselves yes but we're not willing to extend that in the same way to others um and maybe one way this really resonated with me so i've been a christian for men 20 25 years. I was raised in a Christian home, but I really started to walk with God in college. Um, all of these years to be in a church and to be ministering somewhere. And I see and have experienced, um, what it, what it means to be a Christian in a body. Yeah. And, um, which is a beautiful thing. It is. And it's what God calls us to as Christians to be a part of his bride. And there's such a nice closeness. Yes. In the church. You know, you have this connectivity that brings you all together. Yes. Yeah. You have this proximity, but with that, there can be real hurts sometimes Yeah. Um, because it's almost like a family Yeah. and, um, you know, apply some of the things we've been talking about where if you're, if someone hurts you, you cut them off. If, if there's right. a toxic relationship, you're done. Well, those are the wisdom mantras of the world, but you know, God is telling us to do differently. So in terms of church hurt, um, I think the reason so many people are hurt is because as we said, the church is made up of sinners Yeah, and I'm one of them. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Hurts can come when others are trying maybe to help us or to administer discipline for sins that we or our loved ones are entangled in. So we can get wounded in the process. 
maybe there's not the care or the understanding that would have helped you hear that rebuke. Or maybe there was harsh judgment. Maybe you just straight up didn't agree with them or think that they understood the situation accurately. Maybe sometimes it's just hard to hear that you were wrong and that you were in sin. But I think today um, people are quick to claim that they've been hurt. And so they leave to find a church that won't hurt them. And unfortunately, I don't think that's possible. Right. Um, Because first of all, no matter where you go, there you are. So we have all sinned and we take our sins and our hurts with us wherever we go. And second, guess what? There are humans in leadership in the church across town, just like there are in the church that you're aiming to lead. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Everything looks so nice when you first go to something, but you you realize, hey, these people are normal. They're normal. They're sinners. I'm a sinner. I'm still a sinner. Um, But it'll only be a matter of time before you learn how each other sin at your new church. So um, third, I think when we leave a church prematurely, um, is what if God is really going to do what his word says is true? You know, his word says that he will discipline you through your church. It's Hmm. the body of Christ and the board of elders. And all of these things are there to shepherd you in your walk and protect you. Um, But why are we so eager to abort that process? Um, Discipline is painful. But as Hebrews 12 says, in due season, if we persevere, it will produce a harvest of righteousness. So I think this is a potent example today where a lot of people expect forgiveness and grace for themselves, but they're not extending it in the same manner to others, Mm. be it to their leadership or otherwise. And in the process, we may be circumventing that refining work that God is doing, not only in his body, but in us. Yeah, and I would add to the people who have spoken to me about things in my life that they saw as sin or concerns or questions, you know, like this doesn't seem right, Julie, that you're doing this. Mm. They were all people who loved me. Mm. Now, I have had people say things harshly to me, and that is offensive. Mm. But the ones that said it to me because they loved me and they were in relationship with me and because we were friends, I was hurt, but then I could was able to say, okay, wait a minute, they're actually out for my best. Like they're mm-hmm. looking out for my to better me by saying, hey, we see this sin in your life and we want to help you. It's actually looked at like helpful and instead of um, condemning. Right. So I, I think if if we're the ones doing that kind of a conversation, we need to also remember to do it with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think of the expectation that I have that my kids are going to disobey. I don't know if you have that, but mm-hmm. I, I know they'll disobey. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a young mom, I just thought, this is so irritating. These <laughs> kids are always doing wrong things. Good grief, you know? Yes. Until I realized that that's actually my mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. is to train them to obey. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, you can expect... I didn't get so angry with them. So I, I think that's a part of this too. Mm-hmm. If we expect in the church because they're sinners, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, everyone right. who's listening is, every church member, any church ever are sinners. We need to be expecting that we will, number one, be offended at some point, And number two, we need to expect that we will forgive. Right. And then we know that it's going to take work. Right. That's I, so good. And I think, yeah, just... I think this speaks, last week we talked about revival in the church and uprooting bitterness. Yeah. And here it is again, like, okay, we have to forgive. Being forgiving people is a part of being God's people. And so we have to extend it in the church. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, Matthew 6 in verses 9 through you know, 15, it, it's where Jesus teaches us how to pray. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say he teaches the disciples, right? But he's teaching us how to pray in this passage. And um, verses uh, 14 and 15 are interesting. Let me read them, Mm -hmm. Erica. It says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What do you think of that, Erica? That's interesting. It really is. And I mean, this was revolutionary to me when I first read it years ago, Um, mainly because Okay, I'm going to do a little grammar for a minute. Oh, I love grammar. <laughs> you have all the grammar nerd. geeks. I am a bit of nerd in there. I am a little nerdy, yes. Um, but, you know, the preposition as. So forgive us our sins as we forgive our, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors as um, is important um, because it can be applied to two very separate ways depending okay. on how we take it. So first would be, I think this is how I always took it. Um, I took it to mean while. So forgive us our trespasses while we forgive those who trespass. Like at the same time. Yes. So, you know, um, at the same time, please forgive me while I'm forgiving others like this, like that. So, so, um, a give and take really. Um, or you can look at it the way Jim Wilson shows us through this chapter, um, and how scripture actually, I believe is is speaking it, that this preposition as means in the same manner as, or Hmm. in the same way as. And so this takes it to a whole different level of meaning. Um, This means forgive me my sins in the same way that I forgive others. Oh, ouch. Yeah. That's probably not so good for me. (laughs) So let me say that again. Forgive me my sins in the same way I forgive others. This is very different from saying, forgive me of my sins while I forgive others. And it's hard to communicate. But um, when you say in the same manner as I forgive others, um, I would guess that it becomes a prayer that many of us can't pray easily Mm -hmm. because it assumes that the relationships in our lives are in the right order. Right. And they're put to the right order before we come to God for forgiveness. It assumes that in as much as it depends on me, I'm at peace with everyone. And that if I'm not, I will make things right among my brothers before I come to the altar. Hmm. Um, and maybe not entirely contingent on everything being wrapped up with a bow, but a heart of repentance yeah. instead yeah. of this come see, come saw, um, right. you know, just overlook my sin while I ask for forgiveness right. um, from you for, you know. Uh, it just isn't translate the same way. Right. That's really interesting to think about the different ways to look at that because uh, the world would love the one that says, even the world would say it's okay. Well, you know, you forgive me. Like it's a, it's equal. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of equality words happening right yeah. now in the world. And like it's equal. If you forgive me, then I'll forgive you. Yes. And so, boy, we could go around and around and around with that one, you yes. know. But I, the second way you took it is interesting because it's really more about how do I want to be forgiven? Yes. I want to be completely forgiven. Yes. So I, that's, that's a great good. way to say it. And I think, you know, God forgave us while we were still sinners in yes. Romans 5, 8, before we ever sought him. Yep. But, Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. And as Christians, um, 
We cannot carry around this sack of grievances against each other and then expect God to just overlook our own sins. He says, forgive and I will forgive you. Mm. So again, what would the church look like if we really lived this out faithfully? And what if we held ourselves to the truths we talked about last week and dealt with our own bitterness? Um, We might be thriving in a totally different way rather than being crippled by factions and disputes. And, And right now in our world, we really need to be unified in the church. Yeah. And this is a really easy way for Satan to kind of get in there and disunify people because I know it's our heart, but the idea that this is, you mess up the, the strength of the church mm-hmm. and we're the ones who have to be standing up to this right. untruthful things that are throwing all over around us. Right. So I think it's important. That's a really good point. It's not just so much about you and me, Erica, Although it is just as much about you and me. (laughs) I mean, like my heart needs to be worked on. I need to be quick to forgive, but it's also for the body of the church Mm -hmm. and for the unification of the church so that we can then be warriors for Christ in a culture that is a hundred percent against Christianity. Absolutely. And I mean, we are the bride of Christ. And even if we go to different churches across town, um, you know, to, to be about the same purpose yeah. and to not be um, warring. Of course, there are grounds for, you know, disputes yes. and waywardness and all that. But I'm talking about those who are honoring God and walking according to his word. Yeah. Let's be on the same page. And yeah. that starts with forgiveness. Um so we know that we need forgiveness from God. If we're honest, we know we need it from our brothers and sisters too. And so we need to extend it first and be the ones willing to do that. Yeah, that's really good. And actually, I um, I think that it is really important. That gives me a little bit different view of forgiveness. Like mm-hmm. when I in the church don't want to forgive someone, it's actually hurting the whole mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. which is not something that I've really thought very much about. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to deal with it. And so... I, I think that's something we could all be thinking about this week. Where, where have I um, not wanted to forgive someone? Where in my life am I not willing to work with someone in the church, mm. in my church, my local church? And how can I fix it mm. so that we can be strong mm. and we can stand against the world's view and the wrong views, the wrong things that are being spoken as if they're truth because right. they're not. Right. Okay, so I did a lot of talking there, but Julie, what are some guidelines that you think are evident in scripture when working through forgiveness. Yeah, there is, there's a lot. (laughs) Um, but, um, Matthew 18 has a lot in it. A lot of times they say, go Matthew 18 it, right. Mm. It becomes a real new phrase. (laughs) Um, or maybe we just need to make that in, you know, hashtag Matthew 18, right. Mm. I'm I'm all about hashtags. I don't even know what they're for, but that's okay. (laughs) But, um, actually what I want to do is read this passage because I think God's word is just really good to just read it. So Mm. I'm going to read this real quick for us because it, 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 it's actually relatively plain. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people think the Bible is hard to understand, but I actually think this is pretty plain. Mm. Okay. Matthew 18, uh, 15 to 20. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on, on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So I guess first off, that last little section, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Boy, have I heard that one a lot. Hmm. When you get together to pray, hmm. it's interesting. I didn't ever realize that that was actually in this whole passage hmm. on forgiveness and dealing with problems like this in the church. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really ever know that, didn't make that connection. So it's mm -hmm. good to read a whole passage. That's mm -hmm. just a side note. A mm -hmm. uh, couple things I think about this. Number one, it says, if a brother. So I guess, Erica, I think that when they're referencing a brother, they're talking about a brother or in the case of women, a sister in Christ. Yes. So that would be a believer, mm -hmm. right? And so this is going to be what happens in the church. And this is what we were just talking about, how, right. how easy it is to become disunified in the church. So this is really good because it's kind of like step by step, mm -hmm. here's what you do. And it kind of talks us through the first thing to do, which is to talk directly to the person. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's probably the thing that we probably don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say that when I have gone to someone and either they've spoken to me about sin in my life or something they see they're concerned about, or if I've talked to them, it's awkward. Mm -hmm. It legitimately is difficult. Um, but it's the same thing if I talked with um, one of my kids about something in their life. There's some awkwardness there, but it's because I love them. Mm -hmm. And when someone has come, if Erica, you came to me and told me something in my life, it's because you love me. Mm -hmm. And that has to be a really big part of that conversation. Mm. And then it says the second thing is if they don't want to listen, if, if you come to me, Erica, and I don't want to listen to you, then because you love me, you should bring someone else who loves me. Mm. I, I think that's really important to remember. There's like some step-by-steps to walk through. And there's also a spot in here where if they refuse to listen, even to the church, it says to let them be as a Gentile mm -hmm. or a tax collector, which... Um, I guess Gentiles and tax collectors were not really amazingly great people, right? Mm -hmm. They were not, they were on the outside of the church. And so I think that's where we have to think, okay, is this person a believer? Mm -hmm. And then we have to do something different. Right. And I think like just quoting from the chapter, um, he says, he tells us, God, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. So even when we treat them as pagans and tax collectors, it is still loving treatment. Yeah. It merely means they're considered outside the fellowship, but with love and forgiveness from the heart. They just do not want the forgiveness which the godly have extended from the heart. And it's because of this teaching uh, that Peter asked, how many times should I forgive my brother? Mm. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So when an unbeliever has a sin against us, or we, we can't just go to unbelievers and tell them their sin because they haven't even seen it yet. Right. And when an unbeliever has sinned against us, we need to tell them the gospel of Jesus. Right. And show them the way of repentance and forgiveness through Be Christ. Yeah. So there's a difference. There's different ways to respond. Yeah. So if it's a Christian, you're going to have a different response than if it's an unbeliever. Right. And the tricky part in the church is sometimes there's unbelievers in the church, right? Yeah. So that's going to, that means maybe you need to get some wisdom mm -hmm. on how to do that. I also wanted to mention that a verse that I, I think is really helpful. It's Galatians 6, 1. And it says, brothers, so again, we're talking mm -hmm. to, to the church. If anyone is caught in any transgression or sin, that's what a transgression is, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Mm -hmm. And then it says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. I really love that concept 
of restoring someone in a spirit of gentleness because um, yeah, it needs to be done with love. When we correct someone, it should be done with love and care, not pridefully because we know better or because you know we do it right all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and in a second thing, it's interesting that there's a warning to keep ourselves, mm-hmm. to watch ourselves because we could be tempted. Maybe we could be tempted with the same sin or, or, or the same issue that you see in the other person might actually be something that you're tempted to in your own life, you know, jealousy or gossip might be a sin that we fall into. So we have to be careful um, about that as well. I love that warning in there. The Bible has tons of warnings, mm-hmm. and I think we should heed those warnings. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good verse um, that Mr. Wilson didn't bring it up in the book directly, but I think it's important to remember that when we are dealing with forgiveness and forgiving others or talking with them about something that we see, we need to love them first. Mm-hmm. I think that's the very first place we need to start is, do I love this person? Mm-hmm. Do I care about them? Or am I doing this because I want them to see how wrong they are and how right I am hmm. and where our, where our heart is? Again, we're back to the heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, how are we going to practically live this out? How are we going to live this part of the podcast out this mm. week, Erica? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think? I think for me, one thing is I have to ask myself some questions. I'm always questioning. I don't mean questioning things in my life, but I like questions because they always have to be answered. Hmm. So I think I have to ask myself... Um, how am I going to live this out this week? Like, who do I need to forgive? So I guess I ask you, our listeners, who do you need to forgive? My guess is that everybody listening has somebody in their life who's harder to love or who has actually hurt them. And so I think we have to ask, are we going to obey God and choose forgiveness? Or are we going to choose our flesh and hold on to that grudge? What do you think? Yeah, I, it makes me think of times in my life where, um, you know, maybe I started thinking critically about one person and before I knew it, oh, well, this person is kind of bothering me too. And all of a sudden, <laughs> my circle of people I really like is shrinking. And I realized that, you know what? It's not them, it's me. Yeah. And I'm becoming critical and I have a critical spirit. Yeah. And so I really, um, I think like evaluating myself and saying, where am I? Am I like at peace with everyone in so much as it's possible with me? Or am yeah. I like keeping little tally marks of how annoyed I get? Um, so I think just also want to, you know, say communion is an awesome time, you know, yes. we're bringing an offering and that is our, you know, altar in a sense today. And so before you do that, um, to really be reconciled to what if we did that? The Bible says yep. before you come to the altar, be reconciled to your brothers. Yep. Um, what if we really did that? That's what the challenge to me is. Yeah, that's good. Good thoughts. This whole chapter was good thoughts. And our convo Mm. conversation today was great. So actually, I want to challenge you listeners to grab your book and read chapter three. It's called Man's Anger. Mm. Now, don't think you aren't going to get hit again next week because (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, I read this chapter too. Yeah, it's coming. (laughs) That's really good. We're so glad you joined us today. Bye for now. Yes. See you later.